here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This is probably number 31, but as we keep saying, we can't keep track of the numbers, so who cares. Uh, I'm Arnold Furious. With me is Ollie Kors. Hello there. Hello. And we're all excited because we went to Global Wars and it was great. Uh, Rob was also excited and like legitimately excited, but um, he isn't here because he's busy as with with stuff <laughs> so it's, it's just me and ollie so we're gonna, we're gonna to edit like the podcast wars. as well so we're uh, yeah, he, technically the ones being lazy uh well if you look at it like that i, I suppose <laughs> so we're, we're gonna have we're gonna talk about global wars and like the the uh, rev pro double shot and we're also going to preview uh, uh icw's fear and loathing show seeing as they've sold like like five and a half thousand tickets and and it's going to be the biggest uh, British show in fucking forty years or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's probably going to be <laughs> worth exciting. talking about. It is it's amazing, and we haven't really given ICW any kind of props this year. So it's uh, it's probably something we should talk about. Um, but we are going to start off with Global Wars. Um, what? How much fun was Global Wars? Oh, it was <laughs> a fantastic not weekend, fantastic couple of days. Um, a double shot. Met up with a lot of wrestling fans. Um, saw plenty of guys who I thought I might never see live in person from New Japan. Uh, and saw some tremendous matches, both expected and a couple of unexpected uh, great matches as well. So we have a lot to talk about, so let's get to it, I guess. Get straight into night one. Um, night one, I was in uh, tremendous spirits because I got to the Dundee Arms at, at two p.m. <laughs> um, mainly because uh, Ian uh, had messaged me and said, "What time are you getting there?" I'm getting there about two, and I was like, "Okay." So I, I strolled into the Dundee Arms at two o'clock, and he turned up at half three. Mm. So uh, yeah, <laughs> That's, that might be acceptable in a place like Scotland. But uh, down in England, we are punctual. Uh, but other people turned up, so I, I was surrounded by wrestling takes. Some of them were terrible. 
<laughs> but uh, one of one of the children that I was sat next to said that um, uh, he thought Yuji Nagata was just a comedy guy, which um, I yeah. I'm surprised a child it. knows who Yuji Nagata is. Well, he's probably been watching the old um, uh, streaming gimmick from New Japan and has just seen him do like funny tags with Nakamichi yeah. and stuff and hasn't seen <laughs> anything else. So, uh, yes, I was upset. I said child. He's, he was like 18. Oh, okay. So. But... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also, uh, also another chap that I spoke to in the pub before the show uh, is Steve. Um, I guarantee you, you know who Steve is. Because he's the guy that always chants for Josh Bodum. Oh, yes. His voice is on I know every who is. single Rev Prize <laughs> show. <laughs> he really likes Josh Bodum. He, he really does. How, how um, is Steve? Steve? Steve's a nice chap. I had a bit of a chat with Steve about <laughs> um, uh, T-shirts. And uh, he was interested in the Water Culture show that I'd been to the night before. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, good times. Um uh, yeah, and then we then we got drunk with um, uh, Senor Lariato and uh, I'm trying to think who else was there. Um, uh, specific Luchador, uh, Matt Yano, um, Grapshead, <laughs> but not Rob the, because all, Rob was slowly dying it. on the way to Rob. Rob had a, a disaster because his train broke down with him on it, and he was sat on the train for three hours. <laughs> And but luckily he didn't miss any of the show because it started late. Um, oh yeah, that was that was a shambles. Getting held up. Yeah, the the absolute worst worst part <laughs> of the entire uh, double shot was that um, they had a bit of a queuing thing. Uh, they were being really careful with security for this show for some reason, and the queue just didn't move from from doors to what uh, bell time. Basically, it just didn't move at mm. all. And and then everybody kind of slowly crept in. I was still at the bar, <laughs> as you know. And um, I, I walked in, sat down, and the show started. <laughs> which uh, was magnificent timing on my part. It's an efficient booze to wrestling. It was, oh yeah. Time. Well, I, I just looked across and the queue had gone. I was like, oh, time to go in then. Finish my drink off. Strolled across. Sat down. <laughs> out comes Andy Quilton. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, there was something weird going on with the with the um, with the checks because there, I noticed there was a load of like sweets and stuff by the side where they they'd stop people walking in with food, but then like the next night in uh, in Walthamstow, I didn't realise it was in there, but I walked into the venue with like a Kit Kat chunky in my pocket, <laughs> and uh, nobody batted an eyelid. So, um, so people in Bethnal Green very touchy about Kit Kats. Um, oh, people yeah. in Walthamstow absolutely fine. Walthamstow Kit Kats encouraged. Just so you know, for next time, uh, we'll talk about Walthamstow in a bit because uh, I was very like excited about stuff that happened there in the venue and everything. Um, but yeah, your call. Obviously, we know that what that's like um, once we were in. Um, the opening match on this show was uh, the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger against Marty Skrull, uh, wearing a mask that uh, set Frey off on Twitter. <laughs> so I tweeted out a picture of it, and he, I think he said he was triggered. I think that's bad, right? Uh, yeah, you, people typically don't want to be triggered. Yeah, he was, he, was, <laughs> he was triggered. I don't think. But he yeah, he was. Very much. He was sort of. Um... Dark Skrull, Dark Liger Skrull, 
as much as Osprey was Dark Liger Osprey uh, later on in the in the week. But yeah, it was an interesting way to start the show um, to see. Oh, his skull's such a good way of starting off because he has that just awesome theme that they kicked out of progress um, because it was too over and people would cheer for him. Like, it's such a great way of getting the show off. And then Liger is Liger. Like, two very entertaining guys to get things going. We kind of thought this was going to be a bit lightweight and comedy and, and it was about 50-50. There was about half that and half sort of, uh, you know, technical countering and stuff. So like they covered a lot of bases. I, I thought it was a pretty solid little match. Mm-hmm. Nothing like amazing or anything, but I don't think anyone was expecting that. It was just like two big personalities clashing, and it was fun and a good way of like getting over the cold and the rain in the in the queue. <coughs> I, I I didn't have to deal with any of that. Like, so I just walked straight. <laughs> so you, sh- you should have hung around with me at the bar. That's the mm. I'm a pro. Um. So my my two favorite spots. Uh, from this match, uh, number one, Liger stealing the super kick. Just kidding, uh, from Skrull, which made me smile a lot. And the Shota getting blocked straight into Skrull's finger snap. <laughs> that was that was classy. I don't remember too much of this match actually. Um, well, it's it's on the is, on demand is... already, so I've actually yes. rewatched. Everything, so I actually have no. I have not yet. I'm only. I'm relying on my uh, tipsy mind, but yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to night two, and I won't be able to remember a thing. <laughs> uh, so th- there's gonna be more detail for for the first show than the second one. But I think after this match, I remember just about everything. It was just this match. I you know just gotten in and was kind of. Uh, I will say that um, the entire show was made. Um, proportionately better because I was sat next to about four um, Japanese women going mental <laughs> for all the Japanese wrestlers and awesome. the most mental for Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he's, he's over in Japan because of uh, the Noah stuff. Maybe, but they, maybe didn't, Noah fans. they didn't do the same for Chris Hero. It was just for Sabre. <laughs> okay. I'm not entirely sure why. But yeah, if New Japan ever want to pick up Sabre, they have four fans <laughs> already. <laughs> uh, wait, I was really hoping that uh, New Japan were going to have the leaders over for the tag league. I was really, really hoping for that. I don't think it's going to happen, is it? Yeah, instead, you named... have Billy Gunn and... Uh, Fuck Billy Gunn. Ian Race. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Okay, so um, moving on from the opener, the second match uh, on the card, Shah Samuels against Tomoaki Honda. Uh, an odd match, certainly. But <laughs> <laughs> well, on the commentary, Andy Quilden said he'd been thinking about booking this match for some time, <laughs> um, which I believe completely. I, it's yeah. just one of those things where I, I would not have thought to book this ever. It just wouldn't have popped into my head to, to put these two men together. But it was great to see Honma live, and I think he certainly comes off better live than on tape, at least this year. Um, Honmania Hon probably hasn't been running wild in 2016, but we got a little taste of that here. Like, the Kokeshi spots were great. Yeah, 
Yeah, those those are really like um, when, when he was hot <laughs> last year, like in 2015. This was the kind of match he was having. Yeah, but also the end, the finishing stretch of this match was really good as well. I thought James Castle's interference in this kind of match um, fit pretty well. Like it was kind of a light-hearted match, and you know there were some interesting false finishes here. Like it was an undercard match; they could get away with some stuff, some tropey stuff, and. Yeah, I thought it really delivered um, for being the second match. Well, I, I kind of felt like Homer was, was on autopilot through this, but that's the way I like him. I like <laughs> him to just come out and and do all his shtick, and, and I'm pleased with that. I, like, if you yeah, watch it on tape, it's probably, a, it's probably a case of, well, I've seen this before, but like watching yeah. it live, it was, it was, it was fun. I, I believe this was Honda's first ever match in the UK. I think it's fair for them to have a, a Formula Honda match. Yeah, I, like I, I enjoyed this a lot more live. When I watched it back on tape, I was like, this is very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's a fair comment. Of course, uh, watching it on tape, you don't get hit by his wrist tape when he throws it into the crowd. <laughs> which is exactly what happened to me. But do you still have it by your bedside? Giving me sweet uh, dreams. I still have it somewhere because I brought it home with me. Um, but You're not yeah. cherishing it. <laughs> You're not going to sell it I, either. It's, <laughs> I don't think anyone would buy it, but I do have Homer's <laughs> wrist tape. If someone wants to make me an offer for Homer's wrist tape, it may be available at the right price. But it, it looks disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like um, a, a visual thrill. No, to, to see it, it's sweaty, it's as, greasy uh, hand. Tape. Yeah, it, it's it's as ugly looking as you'd expect it to be, <laughs> <laughs> Have, having been attached to Tomoaki Homer for a match. Um, that, that's all I have to say about that match. So uh, yeah, move on. We'll move on to uh, Pete Dunn against Yuji Nagata. It was it Did was amazing to see one? Nagata live. Um, the Japanese Can't like he Yuji. he. He went up to the, our post match. Went up to the the gaggle of Japanese women and like um, asked them if they were Japanese, and then like said something to them in Japanese. That was fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just fun doing the Blue Justice pose. And again, he may have been a little bit on autopilot here. I think that can be forgiven for the match he had on night two. But and also, he didn't quite click with Pete Dunne. There was a, a couple of spots that. That went wrong. Yeah, he just didn't take a bump at one point. <laughs> yeah, was... I, I think it's supposed to be like uh, Pete kind of threw himself to the ground and he was supposed to drag Nagata or duck down onto his knees. Mm. And I don't think Nagata knew what was happening for that spot. I don't know if he misheard the the call, but it just it just kind of didn't happen. Yeah. It just kind of collapsed. I don't think we should like give. Pete done a pass for any like miscommunication since he's you know, wrestled Japanese wrestlers um before so yeah but you know, we can call him out I mean, for that it is like uh, like one blown spot in a match that I thought was was strong I thought it was a pretty solid match um I think it comes across better on on the VOD than it, than it did live because live I was just kind of geeking out for Nagata whereas watching <laughs> watching it back. It, I can really appreciate the work that they did. Um, yeah, kind of similar. It, it didn't really hit that higher gear that it, it could have done, and I 
uh, like on the preview show, I was saying that Nagata was going to come over here with the intention of stealing both the shows because, you know, he had, it, he, he kind of feels like he has to something to prove because New Japan are kind of shunting him down into the comedy yeah. openers. And... He doesn't get a lot of singles matches every year, basically just for G1. So this was a chance for him to shine. I thought this match was a little bit underwhelming, but his match on night two bit. was a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I also thought the the two matches that Pete Dunne was in, they felt like tryout matches. Like he, a little they bit, put yeah. him in there with first of all with the veteran in the gatter, saying like let's let's see what you can do, kid. And I thought he did very well in this match. But then his second match on night two was with Ishii, which was was a much better match. Mm. And I kind of got the feeling that. Because Osprey came out at the end of that match. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it kind of all links together. So, um, yeah, Osprey came out at the end of that match, and he was like having a little uh, chat in, in uh, Ishii's ear, and I think that was a a test match for Pete Dunne, set yeah. up by like Osprey to say, "Well, we know Chaos, Osprey has been lobbying for Pete Dunne in New Japan." Like he's even like posted on Facebook like links to the New Japan tryouts <laughs> to Pete Dunne, <laughs> so um, we know that's certainly something that Osprey wants and may have pushed for here. Time will well, based, tell as to whether based on Dunne these two matches, I'd say he'd be a good fit. I mean, you kind of think he's going to be a good fit, but seeing him actually in there with Nagata with Ishii, it kind of shows that he is. Yeah. That he is capable of uh, of going Definitely. into matches like that and not looking out of place. And um, yeah, I thought I thought he did really well in two matches. That that one blown spot is what kind of sticks in in the mind, which is unfortunate. But yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It is one one spot in a like a twelve minute match where everything else was was fine. Also, um, now nah, I had a point. Yeah, I'll make that point in night two. Yeah. Yeah, your audio just cut out completely. I didn't hear what you said. Uh, I said I had a point, but um, I'll make it in like two. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't need to hear that at all. <laughs> um, uh, so we, we're going to move on, and the next match is well worth moving on to because it's Tomohiro Ishii against Chris Hero. Yes. And if you haven't seen the VOD for this, just pause right now. Just pause. Stop listening to this and go and watch it immediately. <laughs> just go and watch it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What else can you say about this match? Uh, when I it saw it, I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought for sure it was going to be the match of the two shows, <laughs> and then Chris Hero surpasses himself in night two. But that doesn't take anything away from this match, which was absolutely fantastic it's, oh so good it was so good live but um and this is another match i thought was, was even better on vod because you can see it from you know every angle you can get the, the, yeah. the close-ups on all the, the the assorted violence that's in there um <laughs> i i love this match it's so good yeah she was absolutely fantastic in this just the level of emotion he can display just so simply as well is his, yeah, stunning. His his fighting spirit in this match is just so good. Just the um no selling pile drivers and just kind of and then getting all <laughs> fired getting all fired up by yeah. getting kicked in the face and just going like ah 
you know, you know <laughs> throwing his arms around and just... Uh, Running on, like, absolute adrenaline, and you just, you can feel yourself in there with him, and you it, can't this, help but support him. This is my favourite kind of wrestling. Yeah. This, this <laughs> somebody, if I wanted to show someone a match, say, so this is the kind of wrestling that I really like, then it'd be this match. And then Hero just... A match like, like he, it. Hero just seems so overwhelming, like throughout this match he's just like he's using his size he's just leaning on Ishii he's smacking him in the face he's testing Ishii he wants to break Ishii because he he knows that's the only way to beat Ishii he completely ignored him at the start like when when the match started that like uh, Ishii was kind of running into him and Hero's just like pretending that he hasn't noticed like it's a fly Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's something so completely insignificant that he shouldn't even pay attention to it that that was the what was going on at the start, and then they just battered the shit out of each other. Definitely, like <laughs> he just kept hammering at his forehead with like punches and the elbows, yeah, and hurting his hand <laughs> on Ishii's like, head. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure why you would punch Ishii in the forehead, um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> all we can really do is like fawn over this match because it was fantastic. It was like. This was everything I was hoping for. It was like a top tier G1 match. It was like a top tier Wrestle Kingdom match. (laughs) If this had been in New Japan and everyone had seen it, then it would be very high up on the match of the year contenders list. And hopefully a lot of people get to see it. Hopefully this will get some match of the year buzz because I thought it was really great. It's definitely Um, in my top 10 on the year. uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, there's There's a lot of very like highly talked up um matches from New Japan this year that are not as good as this match. Which is saying something. Because yeah. New Japan's been great again. <laughs> I completely this year. agree. Um yeah, just the level of physicality, the level of heart and emotion and pride in this match that was so well displayed as well. Like we didn't need like a commentator to tell us what was going on. Like it's just etched on their faces and in their bodies, like these two are the very best at doing that, and it absolutely came off brilliantly. Yeah, this this was very tough to follow, and I can see why they put this before the uh, the intermission because you would not want to walk out and wrestle like, him <laughs> immediately no. after that because it was just oh, so good. Um, so after after the intermission, after after we'd all had suitable time to recover from that match. Um, we, we moved on to uh, Bushi against uh, Will Ospreay. Uh, I wasn't particularly looking forward to this, and I think that's why I enjoyed it because um, <laughs> I, th- you I felt Bushi... expectations. Yeah, my, my expectations are very low. I'm not particularly big on Bushi at the moment, but he he did really good work in this match uh, and kind of hung in there with Osprey when Osprey was going uh, like he does. Uh, big spots and flips are plenty. I'm definitely big on Bushi. This year, he's really stepped up in his expanded role. The only times his matches haven't been good and have been like critically analysed have been when Yingo Banables have interfered and sort of reduced his role to just being one of Yingo Banables. Um, but in their tag matches and in his singles matches, he's delivered every single time. Um, like, he's... A unique guy on the New Japan roster. There's no one quite like him, and certainly I never thought I'd see him live. 
and I never thought I would have wanted to before like <laughs> March this year. Um, but yeah, this is another really good match. I thought Osprey was a little bit on autopilot, which can be forgiven considering his injuries and stuff. Um, but certainly he wasn't like standing out in this match in any way. I thought this is more about Bushi and like some of the stuff that he did, like the the poison mist. Loved seeing that straight into like the uh, spider cradle was just so the, sleek and so beautiful and so like exciting. The mist bot wound me up. Oh, because. Um, because he did it, and then there's Chris Roberts looking at Osprey with mist all over his face, and then he just carries <laughs> on refereeing. It's like, well, Chris, where do you think the fucking mist came from? It didn't but just that's, drop that's out of the ceiling, happens. did it? <laughs> if a referee doesn't see it, he can't give the benefit of the doubt. Unless it's the <laughs> story that he does. <laughs> Wrestling is stupid. It didn't make any sense to me. It was. It was just it was stupid. I'm just glad we got so, the missed spot. I'm glad that we got to see all the signature Bushi offense in that order, and I'm glad that um, like the finishing sequence went over so well. I'm almost a little bit sad for Bushi that he had to lose this match because he like Osprey kicked out of all his stuff, <laughs> made him look bad, <laughs> kicked out of everything, and then beat him. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, always a pleasure to see Osprey. Um, even if I thought he was a little bit on autopilot here, it wasn't like his best, nowhere near his best performance in the York Hall. But um, I feel like Osprey's gearing I, up for I a big 2017. At, um, on commentary, they were talking about how much uh, he'd matured, and I think <laughs> that's that showed yeah. here because he knew he didn't really need to have a blow away, a blow away match. Because they'd been one right beforehand, mm. he just needed to go out there and have a good enough match, and that's what he did. So, um, if anything, that's the kind of thing that we want from Osprey because it's like we we want him to wrestle for a long time, and we need him to pick and choose his moments to completely wow everybody. Yeah, I, so I, I think he's this, I thought he's made a, a name for himself now. He's like broken through. Um the barriers and he doesn't need to push himself quite as hard as he did before unless it's like a big big match i know he gets kind of caught up and carried away but um he didn't here he kind of kept there, there were some ridiculous spots like a canadian destroyer and the um <laughs> him doing like the, the c4 version of the rainmaker but um for osprey it was relatively measured as a performance and i kind of appreciate that um after that match, uh, we had uh, Los Ingobernables de Hapon. Why doesn't Andy Quilden announce him as like de Hapon? It's poor, poor form. Someone needs to tweet at him. Like, the crowd <laughs> kind of filled that. it in. Yeah, which was nice because it it meant everyone everyone was watching. Uh, like Naito and the boys over in uh, New Japan, they they get the gimmick. So that, that was yeah. nice to see. He also demoted evil to the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's the king of the darkness world. I, the guy sat two places to the left of me, yelled, he's the king of darkness, you fucking twat. <laughs> Which was, uh... I was too busy getting excited about um, evil's hand lasers, which always look really naff on TV. And then uh, live, they look NAF, fucking amazing. Awesome. 
awesome Sorry. is what they look like on yeah. TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, even more awesome live. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was going mental. Like <laughs> yeah, we we're, were all marking out for the hand lasers. Uh, I should probably mention who they were wrestling. They were up against um, uh, Mustache Mountain, uh, Trent Seven and Tyler. Trent Seven's everywhere at the moment. I mean that in a good way. Everyone, everyone needs Trent Seven. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I he was actually on the the What Culture show from the night before, ah. so I actually saw him three nights in a row. Busy, busy. He's he's very well. We're going to be talking about ICW later, and he's main eventing for them. So mm. yes, he's very. He, he is officially the biggest draw in the UK. Damn straight. <laughs> I'm Mark for Ben Shamrock. Considering um, we weren't even talking about him last year, that's quite impressive. We no, but then he wasn't anywhere last year. He yeah, was, he, he, um, he's only he like taken it up. I think he's only like taken it up full time this year. Like I think he said March. Is... I think it was March. Yeah. He's, he started full time, which is uh, like so. He's like thirty five. Yeah, he's entering so. his golden years as a, as a wrestler, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm very very thrilled for him. He's he's a lovely guy. Um, so back on track. The other guy in the match is David Starr. <laughs> also a lovely so guy. Yeah, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, uh, David Starr against uh, Naito, Sonada, and Evil. Um, I was speaking to a few guys in the pub afterwards who thought this was one of the best matches on the on the show. I had it slightly lower than uh, Osprey and Bushi. I loved it, but I didn't I love it say, that much. Yeah. I'd put that this and the bougie match on an equal third place, <laughs> just to cop out. <laughs> yeah, I probably probably would have had it at like four on on the show. Um, I thought everyone performed really well. It it was just um, it was the kind of match that there was a lot of uh like goofy spots in it, which is fine. I I like uh, Mustache Mountain doing the um, you know, slam everyone. On the on the bad guy routine, and um, oh, my favourite spot in the match uh, was Trent grabbing uh, Naito's hand to do his moustache pose. <laughs> that was wonderful. Yeah, definitely, uh, this match was more orientated to comedy. But uh, considering the ultra seriousness of the main event, I'm okay with that. Um, and it gave Viengo Bernables something new to do as well, and they were put in like a unique situation that we've never seen them in before. And yeah, everyone kind of thrived in that scenario. Well, they um, uh, Los and Bernables, they have on. They do love the trios matches and the the multi man tags. They they're in a lot of them in Japan, and it yeah. always seems to be like it's the best undercard match on the show when they do that. Pretty much. So they're very. Very good at it, but I thought this was like a unique six man for them because, like, the team, the Mustache Mountain plus Star Team, was like a well, team that they uh, never faced before. Quilden introduced them as the Mustache Mountains. I, I I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you, it's because like Star is in there. Is Star like yeah. a, a second mountain? Is that that you got Tyler, Tyler and Trent yeah, yeah. in the in there? One, cabin. they are one mountain. <laughs> on the one mustache mountain, and then, and then there's a, a, a second mountain. mountain. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that you have to have a separate mountain if your mustache is drawn on. 
<laughs> the drawn on moustache mountain. Yeah, because that's not that's not a real moustache mountain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all all those guys. I'm very. Um, t- yeah. So uh, all the guys, uh, Trent, Tyler, David Starr, uh, they all look like they belonged in there. Um, Trent looks so at ease wrestling against people who I I know he looks up to um, because he's a big um, fan of of Japanese wrestling, as you can tell from his style. Um, But he just seems to fit into these matches with such ease. Um, It's like he's been doing it his his whole life, it, it's almost like we've we've slipped in back into the timeline where Trent Seven is one of the top UK guys. <laughs> it's like he's been there forever. Yeah, like he has that That's level what it feels of like. experience, or just like not even like wrestling experience, just like life experience to the point where he's more confident. Like he knows that he knows his way around. <laughs> he knows his way around yeah. the ring, and he like knows that. Even if he fucks up, it'll be okay. Whereas some of the younger guys are like, every match is the most important of my life, and if I fuck up, that's like the end of everything. And that can put like extra pressure on them. Whereas he's a bit more laid back, and that comes across in his personality. Yeah, I think it's helped his uh, his pushes this year uh, that he's he's just been able to walk into just about any situation and, and get over for, for starters. Yeah, and then when, once he's gotten over, he's been having really good matches everywhere he's been. Ultra face, um, ultra heel, company man, like renegade. Yes. He can do it all. So good at everything. <laughs> and I wouldn't say he's been like wasting away in Fight Club Pro, but like people just haven't had the chance to, to see him unless they lived uh, in the Midlands. And it's a shame that Fight Club Pro um, haven't been releasing shows uh, on demand uh, for a, a longer period of time because I think people are only just now starting to get into Fight Club Pro. Uh, based on what is available, so I didn't yeah, see. It's, uh, my it's first a shame that they didn't have anything available. Like July. Yeah. So you I keep cutting out. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, yeah, I, like um, when it comes to Fight Club Pro, it's like I only really started watching the promotion about four months ago, and I I love it. Uh, I've already been to see them live. I, I plan to go again this year. Um, it's such a great promotion. And that's all on on Trent because that's his promotion. I just I I just really like putting over Trent Seven at the moment. <laughs> it's just fucking great. He's very easy to put over. Very easy. Um, and I, I've met him a couple of times, and he's he's been just really really nice. That's something actually that I, I'm not going to talk about the What Culture Show because we we have a lot of stuff to talk about, um, and it's all. TV taping, so it's stuff that hasn't um, aired yet, I don't think. Um, but the one thing, my one takeaway from that show is uh, I had a very brief chat with Marty Skirl, and he was really nice. And that was upsetting to me because I thought he was a prick. <laughs> but um, no, no, he was he was lovely, absolutely um, nice as pie. Had a little chat with me when I bought a t-shirt off him. Um, just really nice. So yeah, the six man was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we've kind of got off off the beaten track a bit there, but that's bloody Fight Club Pro again. De- derailed another show. <laughs> One day they'll get their own segment. We we have to do a segment. Um, presumably, 
for infinity. Well, they've, got, they've got three shows uh, that have just dropped. Um, I was at one of them, and I've seen another one on on demand. Uh, Pulp Fiction, the first night. I've seen that, and I was at the second one. Uh, so the only one I haven't seen is the one from Manchester. So we could talk about those at some point, possibly. But yeah, Infinity yes. is like two weeks away. That's well, like anyone. A, I, I'm going to put out an, an ad on uh, on on the airwaves um, and ask, plead anyone listening to this who will give me a ride to Wolverhampton and back to Birmingham <laughs> <laughs> on the day of Infinity. Hit um, me up. <laughs> have a word with Alan. I will. Um, because <laughs> just, actually... just an on-air fucking plea <laughs> for a ride. Because <laughs> well, uh, he is actually giving me a lift back. Because I can get to the show, I just can't get home. Yeah. Well, uh, because it's finishing. Brit, Brit rest party. <laughs> Forty-five minutes after uh, the last train. That's when the duty finish. So. Brit rest party in Wolverhampton. <laughs> Anyway, we had one more match. Yes, one more match before we go horrible. Global wars, um, and this was the undisputed British heavyweight championship match between Zack Sabre Jr. and Katsuyori Shibata. And were you as shocked at the outcome as I was? I was. An, I was a fan of this match. I was a fan of her first match. Um, Rob's just really harsh. <laughs> um, I, I was talking about the outcome, the actual result of the match. Did did it just oh, shock okay. you? Because I was kind of stunned by it. I was. I loved it. I definitely I loved the finish. I definitely saw it coming. Um, I was surprised that Shibata got out of the UK with the belt still on him, though. Yeah, because that was one of um, uh, Steve's uh, theories. Um in between chanting for Josh Bowden, uh, was that he thought that Shibata would win on night one and then lose to Hero the next night so that the title would end up mm. on Hero. Um, and I kind of thought Sabre was retaining. That that was kind of where I was at. I thought, well, you know, Shibata's kind of busy with other stuff. And uh, no, no, <laughs> Shibata won. Uh, I thought this was a very good match. Uh, it's technically very, very strong. Uh, everything they did made sense. Um, Sable was working over Shibata's injured shoulder uh, extensively because it leads right, right into his finish. Yeah, um, I'm enjoying Shibata was kind of more heelish. I'm enjoying more heelish Sable. Yeah, which is odd because the angle doesn't really lead to that. <laughs> so I think we may have worked ourselves into a shoot with the the leaders thing. <laughs> uh, many times over. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed this match. I really mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Um, I, I, it wasn't like completely blow away, and maybe the novelty had worn off since Summer Sizzler. But yeah, it was a it was a great way to end the show. It felt properly like UK versus Japan stuff. Um, may have been an audition for Saber to go to New Japan. I don't know. Well, no, because he's moving to America, so I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, he can he could do both. It's not like there are people who live in America who don't work in Japan as well. 
But yeah, I kind of felt like this match, and especially the tag against uh, Los Ingobernables on night two, that those both felt to me like matches where someone was getting the, the feel of Sabre and just kind of looking yeah. at him and going, like, is he going to be... Because he went, like, he did, like, a classic New Japan finishing sequence with both Shibata and Naito in those two yeah. matches. And, like, it felt really very good. much like he was he was part of... He, he would fit in with a New Japan roster, I guess. That's why I wanted the leaders go, to go over as a, as a tag team. So I, th- I think that would have gone over really well. But, I, well, you never know. They might be able to do that at some point. But, uh, you know, the, the um, New Japan's got a good working relationship with uh, with Ring of Honor, where, where Marty's going. Um, so, yeah, it might happen. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just in the match in isolation, I thought it was an excellent way to end this show. The crowd was really receptive to it. Um, may have maybe been a, a little bit too slow to begin, but like the finishing stretch was fantastic. Uh, Saber Junior, he's always seen as like the really technical guy, but he he's an underrated showman, and like getting that emotion of the finishing stretch over is something that he's really done well. We, we both like really liked this match, whereas Rob was like, uh, it was, he called it underwhelming again. And that's we, we how asked... it's gonna like be immortalized forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, tweets I'm, I'm will disappear, actually... but the review will remain. I'm gonna write a review. It'll be on four on one, so there there will be another viewpoint. Okay, explain explaining why it was a good match. Um, I, it's not that I. I mean, I like Rob as a reviewer, and I I like him as a person as well. But um, like when he comes to to rating, sometimes I think he's just. He's just picky, whereas like <laughs> this, this is a match where I don't think there was stuff to be picky about. Slow is not a criticism because it's it it was building to things. It was like a it's like the whole of the first match was kind of like a feeling out process, and that kind of continued yeah. into this one until Saber finally decided, I'm screw it, I'm just going to work the shoulder. I don't care if he's already injured. I'm just going to do it anyway. And then it was all about Shibata overcoming that, finding ways to get around what he was doing, uh, just being a complete badass and standing up to the abuse, not caring that he's hurt. It, it was a great story. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I get the feeling Rob has kind of lost interest in, in Sabre's work a little bit. I kind of got that feeling. Mm. So um, I could understand how it, is... it would come across as underwhelming if you weren't that into Sabre. It is really cool that Shibata is carrying the belt around with him, went yes. to Singapore with it, holding it up that. proudly, defending that the territory. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, that was night one. Um, I had notes for night one, so there was quite a lot of detail there. Night two, I couldn't remember the results. <laughs> <laughs> so this might be not quite so long. Um, <laughs> uh, night night two began with um, Charlie Garrett and Joel Redman versus. Uh, should, should we very briefly uh, talk about the building? Because I yeah. thought it, we we were a little bit weirded out by it to start with, because <laughs> from the outside it's ridiculous. It's the nicest place I've ever seen it's, a wrestling. It's show right at. next to a literal palace, <laughs> with a like a and fountain. It's, it's inside like a Parthenon-looking building, like a really formal looking Roman columns and yeah. stuff. 
I I was kind of amazed by the uh, by the venue. And when we got inside, <laughs> it was there was like rings on the ceiling and just it looked really cool. So I, I hope they run there again because I mean, like compare that to, to to that sports hall in Reading, and it's just not a comparison. I think he's deliberately mm. picked somewhere that looks cool. That has it that. looks like New York cool. <laughs> yeah, only nicer. Your call's got a bit yeah, of wear I, and tear. I'd be, I'd be up for going hit there again, and it's easy yeah, to get yeah. to even Reading. So, <laughs> yeah, Reading was a pain in the ass. I actually had to uh, to get back home uh, to Birmingham from Reading. I had to go through London. <laughs> it's <laughs> easier to get to London than it is to Reading. Um, anyway, so yeah, card. <laughs> so uh, Garrett and Redmond against uh, Evil and Bushi. This wasn't for the tag titles, was it? No, it was not. It didn't um, matter it, anyway. It could have been, yeah, because, uh, and this is what I liked, is that um, Roberts kind of managed to cotton onto the uh, the whole mist deal and DQ'd well, Bushi the, for it. The difference here was he did it in front of Roberts, whereas before Roberts was on the floor not looking. Ah, Roberts. <laughs> whereas this one was a more deliberate, yeah, fuck you, let's just get disqualified. So yeah, a bit <laughs> of a cop-out ending to defend everyone, not let anyone give up a fool. Um, but some, you know, good fun action. Like That's Redman and Garrett are just such a good opening act tag team. <laughs> yeah. I was I was kinda of worried about the show, um, like during this match and the one afterwards, because it just felt like the crowd wasn't as into it as it was the night before. And that's the same feeling that I got from Reading uh last year. Yeah, a little bit. Um, um But after the first couple of matches though, it changed. It changed in a big, big way, and it the, like the reactions by the end of the night were possibly even uh, more um, like people were more into the show than they were your call by the end yeah, of it. That was the main problem with Reading last year was that the sound just disappeared into the ceiling, yeah, like because it was just a sports hall essentially. Um, there was like no, no intimate feeling, whereas <laughs> you got that sort of it was sort of your call light here. I think people were trepidatious. To make noise a little bit on night two, it, like the York Hall, everyone just like goes crazy. Um, I don't know, maybe the building was too dignified for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I think the third match, which we'll get to after um, Homer Bodum, definitely picked everyone up and sort of yeah. carried the momentum through to the end well, of that, the show. That uh, Homer Bodum match, I I've been saying for a while that there's no uh, heels in wrestling that I genuinely hate. But Josh Bodum's um uh new gimmick of saying bro all the time. <laughs> uh well let's just say it got me triggered. And I <laughs> I, I genuinely hated him in this match. Which yeah, is a good Josh thing Bodum because he's a heel. Is genuinely hateable. <laughs> yeah. Which is and it's great. Um I thought this match was maybe a little sloppier than the Samuels Homer match from night one. They'll obviously be directly compared. But Bodum's heel work is strong. I think he maybe just needed a better opponent or a bigger stage. Like he's still you know, he's still very young, he's still trying to work things out, but he's got the persona down to a T. Yeah, I'd um I'd I don't know if I I was really that into this match, and I, I, I can't tell if um because uh, uh Bowden when he was leaving the ring threw up, 
Like he pitched all over this, the but yeah. all over the uh, the side I of heard. the ring and all over the stage. Yeah, guys running around with blue roll for five minutes afterwards trying to uh, clean it all up. And um, I don't know if he maybe took a shot to the head or something during the match, but I don't know. His performance was a bit off. Yeah. Yeah, other than um, like his character work, this wasn't his best performance. And yeah, if he threw up afterwards, then yeah, that would probably answer you why. Either that, or he just really, really hates Honma. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thought of having to uh, like hook up with him and stuff just made him physically sick. <laughs> you know, you never know. <laughs> Some people have that reaction. Um, yeah, I'm aware that we haven't got a lot of detail on these matches because I, I literally have no notes at all. I just watched it and enjoyed it. Mm. Um, so we're going to go on to the third match uh, because we both loved it. And that was Eugene Nagata against Trent Seven. This was the the sleeper match of the two shows. Like, I, I, I had I did say it was going to be good. Coming in. This was <laughs> two dads going toe-to-toe. The dad of Britress, he's got his own baby wrestling promotion, versus the dad of New Japan, um, with all his little young lions running around. Two dads going toe to toe, man to man, banter to banter. Oh, there was Lot. banter. <laughs> so facial expression banter. to facial expression. <laughs> and just taking shots at each other, and having a bloody good time, and having a wrestle, and. This is everything I really like about professional wrestling. Um, like, Trent Seven's facial expressions in literally everything he did were <laughs> great. And just so, like, it brought you into the match so well. Nagata was having an absolutely amazing time. He tweeted, there was an upsurge in the building <laughs> or something. Um, he, he was bantering like hell. Uh, during the match, um, he was beating Trent up on the outside. And, uh, like, Trent comes stumbling across to, like, where I was sat, sat on my lap, and Yuji Nagata takes a run-up and kicks Trent Seven square in the face. <laughs> and as I'm holding the poor guy up, like, uh, on the edge of the uh, edge of my chair, like, Yuji Nagata looks, looks at me and I'm like, steady on, Yuji. <laughs> and he looks, like, directly at me, and I make, like, a, like a, a gesture with my hand, like, downwards and uh he went okay <laughs> <laughs> and then just kind of carried on the uh, beaten trent up uh getting then, a chance to, to banter with yuji nagata it, it's always a good yes, weekend once in a lifetime seconds later after that um trent seven did his hit his hand on the ring oh chop the ring post and then nagata fucking Laughs his head off. He literally looked like Yano. Like he had exactly the same facial expression <laughs> as Yano does when he's doing his his shtick. Like, See, Nagata I, was loving it in this. I match. think you've undersold that ring post spot a bit there because <laughs> I, I think I think we all know the spot that that Ollie's talking about there. It's that you know when he chops, he goes to chop someone against the ring post. They duck and he chops the ring post. This is the the hardest chop of a ring post I have ever seen it looked so painful seven's gotten really good at that <laughs> yeah that's like uh like skills finger 
snap yeah, spot. Yeah. It's just making a living fucking slamming <sighs> your hand against the ring post. <laughs> it just looks so painful. I just wanted to go and hug him and just go, Tom, mate, you don't have to do that for us. You, you're already good. You don't need to break your hand. <laughs> so, yeah, I would go four stars on this match. Easy. Like, <laughs> I, so I much fun. Four. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. I'm looking forward to seeing that one on, on the, the video on demand. And obviously the main event. Uh, those will be the two matches that I really want to see again. That said, everything else is good too. Um, the match after this one was uh, Jushin Liger against Will Ospreay. Except Ospreay turned up dressed as Dark Liger. Bit of a throwback to his Lucha Britannia days. Um, yes. <laughs> like he was wearing have, the same colour scheme as his Have, uh, have you heard character. the story of Lucha Britannia where he was in a mask versus mask match no he was in a mask versus mask match and won and as he was getting out of the ring he took his mask off (laughs) Uh, as in oh it's getting a bit hot in here off comes the mask (laughs) Um, I I know we sometimes say that Will is a bit dim but this is this is the kind of thing that we're talking about. <laughs> he has gotten better since then. <coughs> At not doing stupid things. Um yeah, this was a good little match, a lot of lot of fun. They did the PWG um spot. Uh because he's uh Will had set Liger up for the um for the cheeky Nando's kick. And he's I went to take a photo of it, like with him doing it, and he does like a little fake on it. And then charges across the ring and sticks his thumb up uh, Liger's ass. Yeah. Um, a lot of butt be... play going on in this it's match. The, it's, the, <laughs> it's the bowler butt spot. And and this is the part that I didn't understand. Why, If you're Will Ospreay and you've got your thumb stuck up just in Liger's bottom, why would you then grab Chris Roberts and thrust his thumb up your own... Because posterior? it reverses the hold. I, what? <laughs> well, it makes about as much sense as the figure four reversing when you turn yourself over. Sense. I've never got that. <laughs> that does nothing. <laughs> it's just, it's it's just, just the not same thing the happening. <laughs> in a different <laughs> angle. Yeah, it's nonsense. But for some reason, it's, it, that is accepted as something that happens. Yeah. But the, just yeah, like the, the, th- the thumb up the butt. Th- when you put <laughs> someone else's thumb up your butt, it changes the pressure. I can't believe we're explaining this. It's <laughs> yeah. It uh it was a fun match. And that'll do. <laughs> I think we can move on. Yeah. Um <coughs> uh so after uh all the butt play had finished, we moved on to uh Pete Dunn against Tomohiro Ishii. Um, I thought this was a, a really, really solid match. But the work in this one was really solid. Yeah. Um, I don't know if uh, Pete Dunn looked like he was in a bit of a bad mood. <laughs> How so? He just looked. He just looked miserable. <laughs> uh, like when he was over at the merch table, he looked across and like, 
I, I don't think he even knew what a smile was. It was, you know, like Shabata's smiles, like, yeah, like he's the happiest person in the world when he's at the merch table. I think there's Pete Dunn selling stuff, and he's just like, it's like someone taking his, uh, like, like taking his favorite toy away. <laughs> it's just like miserable. I've, I've never <laughs> seen him look so miserable. I, I couldn't possibly tell you why. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he'd had a piece of bad news, but um, he certainly had a good match with uh, with Ishi. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, it was interesting to see Ishi do a low blow at the end of the match. I think that's only the second time he's ever done one. Um, the other one with Yujiro at the end of a feud, um, <laughs> which is a, a lot better built, seeing as Takashi had taken away his belt using a low blow. So him using one on Yujiro after Yujiro had attempted one. It felt a lot more impactful than this one, which had only been built up for a couple of minutes. But it was it was a weird way to get to the end of end of the match. But up until that point, uh, yeah, really strong yeah, match. Work was solid, solid throughout. Uh, like I said, uh, when we were talking about the first match uh, that Dunn had with um, with Yuji Nagata, it kind of felt like um, they'd put someone in there with him to to see how he how good he was. Yeah, and. Um, it, and also a, with with the Osprey link um, to Ishii, it may have been grooming him for a, a feud with Osprey in 2017 in New Japan. I don't know. Yeah, no, I was I was pleased with how that went. I I would have thought that New Japan would would pick up someone else from, from Brit Rest because Osprey has been such a huge success. I my money would have been on Skull to be honest, and. With the Red Pro connection, that would make sense. But uh, certainly, Dunn's a guy that um, is being touted as uh, as being somebody who could go over I mean, there and work. He after these the two shows, you'd have to say Trent Seven was the front runner if they are going to pick up someone. Yeah, well, uh, I can't tell how much of it is bias on my part because I love <laughs> Trent Seven, um, but I would have him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I. I think WWE should hire him. Uh, everyone should hire him. He should go everywhere. <laughs> he should be allowed to continue working everywhere as well. So he works for every promotion that I watch, so that I can watch him all the time. <laughs> I would be fine with that. It's an admirable vision. Yeah, he has to keep doing Fight Club Pro, you see. Having the great local graps, can't beat it. Uh, so, um, the, the semi-main event on this show, uh, was the leaders against Naito and Sonada. <coughs> really strong tag match. I thought this could have slotted into, um, like a sixth or seventh match on a New Japan, a big New Japan show. Um. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, but fantastic closing stretch. Um, as I said, with Sabre Jr. and Naito. Uh... A lot of charisma in the ring. Sonata felt like a bit of a forgotten man. Um, that was fun, With, like, the big personalities from the other three. Was... But the action was, like, it was very fast-paced. Um, and the closing five minutes were fantastic. Just a lot of great move trading. And Sabre Jr. and Naito finishing it up really strong. Uh, I... The um the best thing in this match 
was um I don't know if you could see his face from where you were. Could you see Naito's face when um uh uh Marty did the, the finger snap spot on him? I So I think did. you were over on the side, so you might have been looking at the back of his head. <laughs> I can't remember. Um because uh, I it was, was certainly a great finger snap bit. Where where I was, I was looking right at him. And yeah. as soon as he grabbed the like the hand to do the finger spot, Naito's just looking at him like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like he's got this uh, this look on his face of, "You're not going to do anything to me." What what's the f-? it's just like flabbergasted as to what's going on. <laughs> and then moments later, like just after the snap, his face goes straight from this um, uh, look of like confusion to like ah, and like the um, <laughs> it, it's some of the best facial work I've ever seen from Naito. It's magnificent. So if you're going to sell a, a spot, the thing is, Naito, he looks so content to put over the, the spots that um, that everyone was doing on him. Like he was putting over Trent Seven with the whole moustache thing. He was putting over Scott. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's great when guys come in and they, they're at the top of their game and they're just so professional and easy to work with like that. Um, I'm sure it was a a fantastic experience for, for all of the British guys to, to get the chance to work with Naito and for him to be Definitely. so uh, unassuming. I thought he had a really good two nights, Naito, considering that he was just kind of thrown into like two tags. They were two yeah, very good that's tags. that's where Bingo Bernabes thrive. Certainly, yeah. he is a great singles wrestler as well, but like, Red Pro and New Japan don't want to like give too much away before Wrestle Kingdom. Like, and any singles match he, he would be in, he would guarantee to win, and I think RevPro were trying to avoid that. So, playing to Vingo Bernabe's strengths. It, it um, was a lot harder to predict the these shows in terms yeah, of outcomes. It was a lot harder to predict these than it was last year. Last year, it was so obvious he was winning almost yeah, every yeah, single yeah. match. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. But yeah, this, this is a really good tag. I think this is probably four stars, this tag. Yeah, it was it was sneaky good, I think, because it had it started off kind of okay, but it built really, really well, it strongly. Started off, they but... um they worked uh, leaders worked like heat on Sonada. Yeah, for, it for was the kind first, of a weird start. Maybe five minutes, and then it just it changed from there completely, and just just everyone was so good in this match. Every, everyone was very up for it, and like it was very heated as well. Like there was a bit where Skull and Naito were like brawling beside me, and they were going for it. You know, it wasn't just like oh, I'll grab your hair and we'll walk through the crowd a little bit. It was like, you know, they were <laughs> they was, were like pulling watch, moves on each other. I was trying to watch both those brawls at the same time because they went to opposite corners, but I, from where I was sat, I could see both of them. So I was just kind of looking at one and then going, "Oh, that's really good," and then looking across to the other one, and that was really good too. It's fun times. The uh, big thing to come out of this match was the post-match angle, <clears throat> where mm-hmm. uh, Marty Skill grabs the microphone, saying uh, how much he's enjoyed this um, run with the leaders and how it's been some of the best times of his career. Bloody blah, blah blah. Then said so it's uh, like Sabers moving to America, uh, which I assume that's January that he's moving. No idea. <laughs> I, I know it's next year. So yeah. I think it's early early next year that Sabre's okay. moving. Um, which Andy Quilden said he will fly Sabre in to be on the Rev Pro shows. So we'll still be able to see him. 
And uh, then Marty also pointed out that he is going to Ring of Honor, which he is. I don't think he's moving to America, though. I think he's just doing all their shows. Um, and they had a bit of a like a, a moment where they were, they were both kneeling in the ring and uh, looking at the Rev Pro uh, sign on the mat. And it was a really nice little moment. And then Marty turned heel. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw this coming. Not yeah. to try and sound I, like, oh, smart Mark. but <laughs> I know. I, the thing is, I've been calling it for, what, 10 months? That at some point yeah. he's going to turn on him, because that's what it's he does. It's not like we haven't talked for literally hours about it. <laughs> but when it actually happened, it happened after that, that long, heartfelt promo for, from Skull, and it really felt like it was never going to happen, and then it happened. I got upset. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to remember that he's just, he, no, he's just playing an angle, He's he's not really that mean. <laughs> I called him. A, I called him a couple of very nasty. T-shirt off him the day before. <laughs> I did. No, pot- two days. Two days before. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that T-shirt though? It's fucking great. It looks like a Jack Daniels bottle, but with it's girl on it. Yes, exciting. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, my God, and we've still got the main event to talk about on this show. My God. <laughs> my God. Um, Snowflakes <laughs> confirmed in Walthamstow. So great! It, there was a a blizzard in Walthamstow. Mel- Meltzer was standing on his balcony, throwing out his stars. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Shibata versus Hero was so good. It was so good that when I walked out of the building afterwards, my hands were shaking. I was, <laughs> I was, I was literally shaking. That's how good this match was. <laughs> And you were there. You can testify that you can see my fucking yeah. hands shaking. Like I was, I was the, that the entire Britress Roundtable team accidentally met up out just like straight outside of the venue, and we all just like celebrated that we had seen such a great <laughs> match. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this was special. Rob, inside, I'm absolutely certain of this. Although he claims otherwise, said that it was five stars. He <laughs> <laughs> what? What he? What he claims he said is it was one of the best five matches he's seen, but I'm pretty sure he said it was five stars. I could have misheard, but you know, I, I was kind of geared up. And afterwards, he said four and three quarters. But yeah, when we're arguing about like that quarter of a star at that end, you know, it's a great match. Yeah, yeah. Like, just the two of them levered each other. The sa- two, a couple of the sounds that they made with the strikes. And I know it's wrestling and it's not real and all that, but <laughs> like they sounded like two of the most vicious sounds I've ever heard. Like the one where like, <coughs> early on when they were having like a little strike exchange, like you do one to me, you don't want to you. Um, and then Shibata just said, had enough of this shit and just smacked Hero across the neck or the freaking chest. I'm not even yeah, it was sure. An, it it was just... like an overhand chop. Yeah. It was like he. Like like a slap almost, and he's just like, <laughs> "Fuck you!" <laughs> Such an amazing noise. It was. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the and loudest then... chop I've ever heard. <laughs> and you've seen Kabashi live. And I, yeah, I have seen Kabashi live, and it wasn't that loud. <laughs> and then the hero later on, um, 
Shibata like ran into his knee, and yeah, another hideous crack. Oh, he just um, crumpled him with it as well. He just, yeah. Oh. E- every time Hero threw an elbow in this match, Shibata did like almost a cartoonish like cell where he'd like throw his hands out and his knees would go bendy. Just like he'd been hit by a freight train. I it was so good. And it just made you feel the moves. They just felt so impactful. Yeah, this was a bit good, wasn't it? <laughs> and every, it was just so like fast paced. And it's, every it kind every of makes like, me uh sad for two reasons. Uh one is that it means I was wrong when I said that um Skirl and Osprey had uh, uh secured UK match of the year in the first month of the, of the year because it wasn't this good. And secondly, I'm really sad that the like the best match I've seen in England all year featured two guys who aren't English. <laughs> well, you know. But apart great from wrestling that, is great wrestling. But yeah, apart from that, this was incredible. Um like every move from like five minutes onwards felt like it could end- have ended the match, like, but it didn't. It felt natural. The match kept continuing. Like, it's very difficult to describe that feeling. That it just felt like it could end at any moment. But the fact that they kept kicking out didn't feel like it, they were doing too much. It just felt like they were pushing themselves to the absolute limit. I have no idea how long this match was. No, <laughs> it was just caught any, in the moment the entire way. Any through. idea how long? It, I've no idea. Um, I'd guess like 13 minutes 12-13 minutes oh really? I, th- I thought it'd be longer than that I don't know, it felt quite short but it may have been longer, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it was so good though it was fantastic so um, so good I'm pretty sure I hugged everyone I knew that, that were, <laughs> like, on, on the way out of the building That that's what it did to me. Mm-hmm. When when a match like makes it. you feel shit, like like physically feel it, then you know you're onto a winner. Definitely the best live match I've seen all year. Um, in my top ten of the year, and a match for everyone, even if you've never watched a Rev Pro show, needs to see. Yeah, you got to get on the uh, the on demand. Got to get on the hype. Definitely. Um, I think it's it's put. Uh, Rev Pro in um, contendership for like promotion of the year, just because they put these two shows on. <laughs> that's definitely that's how much I enjoyed these like, two shows. Obviously, you could say that oh, it was you know an American and a Japanese guy who did it, and not um, the Brits, and they're not focusing on the homegrown talent. Um, but it's still the promotion putting it on. So <laughs> the, there are several promotions that could have booked this, and they, did, yeah. they didn't. So, definitely, I'm really glad they did that, including New Japan itself. <laughs> yeah, but they should uh, they should bring Hero in, really, shouldn't they? They probably should. Yeah, <laughs> I think he would fit quite well. Based based on the two matches that he had, I think they should probably bring him in. And uh, like I said again, it's um, it's great to have a Rev Pro belt being represented by Shibata. He's going to carry it to the Dome, which is very exciting. He's going to defend it against Cody R. (laughs) (laughs) And then coming soon to a a Rev Pro show near you, Cody R. (laughs) Rev Pro champion. (laughs) Fuck! Don't even even joke about that. 
Um, yeah, I hope Shibata holds on to that belt for a very long time because I want him to keep coming back and defending it. Yeah. I, I almost don't care who his challenges are. I just want to see Shibata in, in Rev Pro because he's just really, really good. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. stay like completely injury free then he'd just be the best the absolute best i think that the only thing that's holding him back is because he's so determined to have these ridiculously good matches every time he's on a show is that he keeps injuring himself and he keeps being unable to to have a lot of good matches as well as the great ones but then mm. if every time he wrestles he's great then screw it i'll take that Sorry, you're gonna ask a question? No, uh, yeah. Would you say that this is this match is like the lasting memory of um those couple of days? Like what what would you say is your memory of the two days? <laughs> um I definitely think it's been it's been a, a big weekend. It's been a it's been a big year for Trent Seven. I think Trent's definitely one of the, the three yeah. major talking points to come out of this show. He's a top um, Britty contender. He is. Um, he's been in having... basically every category. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the categories are, but I'd, I'd be inclined to put them in for him. <laughs> best, Trent, best, best Trent Seven award. <laughs> that should be an award. Ben Shamrock would win it. Um, the uh, second thing uh, would be. That I was impressed at how many the like the sheer number of uh, British wrestlers on these shows who didn't look at it out of place at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which even if you compare that to a year ago, I think it's it's improved. The British scene's improved in the last year, and I don't think we've noticed it because we've been like, <laughs> it, like immersed in the scene. It's it's um, been a it's been an incremental increase, definitely. But yeah, I think if you go back to even just last year's global shows they've gotten better and they know how to hang with the tippy top stars in the world of wrestling and not just hang it's like they're they're almost outshining some of these yeah, guys yeah yeah um like with Trent Seven I thought he was fantastic Trent Seven shows. was one of the top four or five wrestlers on these shows um and uh, finally uh, obviously with Shibata winning the title, I, I, that will stick with me. Mm-hmm. And like the two matches that you had, I thought they were both great. Uh, the fact that he's had a match on the second night that has overshadowed that hero 
Ishii match, which I think is one of the best matches I've I've ever seen live. <laughs> for for them to overshadow that, uh, that took some doing. Yeah, that is amazing. So, but here, the, that Hero Ishii match was only the second best match of the, of the two shows. And I think it <laughs> Chris might Hero, be, man, it might be the second best match in the UK this year. Yeah, behind. The, the Hero Shibata match. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous state of affairs, but that's how good it was. So yeah, this was a strong couple of days for our pro, and they, they pulled it back from the Vader <laughs> silliness and just gave us exactly what we wanted, which was a hell of a lot of good wrestling featuring have, our favourite wrestlers. Have you heard about Vader? I have, yeah. It's, He's it's been given two, two years to live, which is a really horrible state of affairs. Yeah. Hopefully he can um, keep going longer than that. that I'm not sure suck. about the not sure about the uh, the like the details of it, but um yeah, that's really not good news to, to have. I mean he is only sixty one, it's not that old. Mm. So that's rough. That's uh, head injuries for you. So you have to you have to take care of yourself out there in the uh, in the wrestling world. I think the problem that he's had is he, he wrestled through a period in time where it was acceptable to hit each other in the head with chairs, which yeah. um, I'm really glad that's not a thing anymore. Although, having said that, I'd, I was at Fight Club Pro um, last month and Mikey Whiplash got hit really hard in the head with a chair. So, be careful. Yeah, I wouldn't do it if I was them. I'd, <laughs> that's not a sensible thing to do with, with your own body. Um, no. And there is a great deal of evidence to suggest that it's it's this is not isolated incidents. This is really, really bad for you. Don't do it. Um anyway, moving on. Uh we have to preview the ICW show, uh, Fear and Loathing Nine. And this has kind of slipped under the radar a bit. Uh we've kind of spoken a little bit about ICW, about their financial situation and whatnot. But they've been sneakily building up towards fear and loathing, and they the show uh, going out on the the twentieth is going to be one of the largest British wrestling shows in a very very long time. They've sold over five thousand mm-hmm. tickets already. Um, by the time of uh, doors, they're probably going to be over six. Um, it's probably not what they wanted in terms of attendance. They were probably hoping for at least eight, but um, you can't really argue with those numbers. They're big numbers. It, it's when, astounding numbers, but is it good enough to keep them in a profit? Or I, I maybe not in a profit for the show, but like far out, far enough, not in the shitter that <laughs> they yeah, have to we just fold about the, the cost- whole thing. The cost of, of hiring a venue of this size is, is enormous. Um, yeah. Then on top of that, they're paying for for Kurt Angle, which has got to be twenty grand. Um, I've noticed that there is a distinct lack of other imports on this card, so I think it's a case of um, once they booked Kurt Angle and the Dudleys, it was a case of there is now no more money for imports. <laughs> so. Um, so in a way, it's got, they've kind of had to use their own guys because of that, and that's probably a good thing. Although Mikey Whiplash has already talked himself off the card by criticising imports, which is a bit weird. He's got a big mouth on him, hasn't he, uh, 
Mikey. Let me stop taking so many chair shots. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna quickly run down the card. Um, Mick Foley is apparently going to appear on this show via satellite because it's survivor, <laughs> it's survivor series and he's actually going to be you know working his day job for wwe yeah. so it, but also he probably costs quite a lot of money <laughs> yeah i, I kind of got the feeling he was he was into it last year um when he made an appearance uh yeah. instead of him because um they had an agreement with uh with mick um WWE have, have said, well, we need Mick because it's Survivor Series. He's been going to be at the pay-per-view. How's about we send you Finn Balor? So, um, yeah, Finn Balor is going to be there as a special guest enforcer. Which is... I mean, a, a... he's probably not going to do very much since his right arm is fucked, but... <laughs> yeah, but the fact that he's going to be on the show is... is... Yeah, it's great it's, news for ICW. It's it very interesting. Like ICW the... were one of the bigger users of Prince Devitt um, during his final run in the UK. So hopefully, this will shut up the conspiracy theorists who who think WWE ran the Hydro to screw with ICW. <laughs> this is literally something that that some people think. I mean, it's just the big venue in Glasgow, so. <laughs> I don't think yeah, they, they did it run, maliciously. They to run Scotland. So that's <laughs> what happened. Uh, as far as conspiracy theories go, that's a pretty stupid one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to quickly go through the card. Um, we've got a BT gun against Stevie Boy in a casket match. Uh, this <laughs> is, I'm going to explain this. Okay. Um, the New Age Click... Um, they've always had this kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm actually going to go and look at my, uh, my notes for this because I've completely derailed myself because I can't think of the word. Uh... Uh, yes, that's it. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, the New Age Click, uh, their catchphrase is in, until death. Yeah. And BT Gun's one of the one of the, uh, the the principal players in the New Age Click, which has kind of collapsed this year. Um, but it's now like him and, and Chris Renfrew are the New Age Click. Uh, BT Gun is injured quite badly, so there's a chance he's in this match just to, well, get take a really horrible looking spot, and it'll serve as the reason why he's not around for a while. Um, after that. We've got Ricochet against Lewis Gervin. Oh, I forgot Ricochet was on there. So, yeah, three imports, if you include the Dudley boys as one. Um, this really should have been for the Zero-G title. They had they yeah. had Lewis they had Lewis win it off Lionheart, and then they had the decision reversed, 
which just didn't work for me because <laughs> why would you put the belt on somebody good right before the hydro and then put the belt back onto the guy who was just Lionheart? Probably because they realised they wanted um the ladder match in there, but also wanted Gervin versus Ricochet, and you can't have a ladder match without something on the line. Could have been a number one contender's spot or something. Possibly, possibly. But this is what they've gone for. Um, but this is a the better match. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a great shot for Lewis Gervin to kind of uh, show what he's all about. Um, he he's a very talented young man. Uh, yeah, he got a bit of love in um our Euro draft, I believe. I think someone drafted him. Probably. Uh, Ian. Pretty sure it was Ian, but I was going to. <laughs> so I, I had him down as one of my uh, like late round picks, thinking nobody else yeah. would pick him up. He, and he's he's a sneaky good guy in ICW. Like, he doesn't get a lot of gonna, hype. I think he he's could break get out elsewhere. Yeah, I think he's twenty seventeen. Twenty sixteen has been a ridiculous year when you think about it, because at the start of the year, Pete Dunne wasn't booked anywhere apart from no. Ireland. Uh, Trent Seven wasn't booked anywhere apart from ICW, and yet those, obviously, those well, yeah, obviously, and Pete Dunn was there as well. But um, in terms of the big promotions, they weren't being booked anywhere like that. Next year could be a breakout year for for Lewis Gervin. I think he's good enough to to start to break out. Him and Ryan Smile, I think, are the two that are going to break out next year. Um. So yeah, it should be a good match with Ricochet. Um, Ricochet doesn't usually have bad matches, so um, so that should be good to watch. Um, the match that we uh, kind of alluded to uh, during talking about that was the their zero G um, ladder match, which has six guys in it. Uh, Lionheart, who's the champion, oh, God knows why. Uh, <laughs> Zach Gibson, Liverpool's number one. Uh, Andy Wilde. Liam Thompson, uh, who did I tell you to? Yeston Rees. Yes, Destin Rees is in it, and the sixth <laughs> guy is going to be whoever wins a dark match before the show. And I was told who was in that, but I can't remember. I was going to. Uh... Uh... Oh, okay. Sorry, they're doing a show the night before. Have you heard about this? No. There's, there's a warm-up show for the Hydro okay. the night before. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> the night before, and one of the matches on that card is Aaron Echo against Ravy Davy. Another fantastic name. Thank you, British wrestling. <laughs> um, they're going one-on-one. Whoever wins that match will be the sixth participant. I think. Okay. So probably Davy. Uh, with that name, I, yeah. <laughs> um, the that card, uh, the main event for that card is Ricochet versus Kenny Williams versus BT Gun. What so the fuck is Kenny it, Williams on this card? I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's not on it. Why is one of their best guys not on the card? I don't know. It's really weird to me. Where is Joe Hendry? Um, well, Joe Hendry is spending so much time in, in what culture that I 
think he's been kind of phased out a bit. Okay. I, I um, yeah. Full disclosure, I haven't seen ICW since Square Go, so <laughs> uh, it's quite I'm, a long time ago. Yeah, I haven't either. I, <laughs> I've had to I've had to ask questions and make notes based ask on questions. the questions. Oh, we're, uh, <laughs> we're running through all the catchphrases <laughs> this evening. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know who's going to win that match. I honestly don't give a shit. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. It's, it's a six Hopefully way. The two Zach guys who I wanted to see potentially win it are not in it because they're wrestling each other. Um, so yeah, I'm not really bothered. If Zach Gibson wins it. It'd be, be nice for him, I suppose. Um, after that, we've got the women's title, which is uh, Carmel is currently the champion. Um, against Kaylee Ray against Viper, I went to look up who uh, Carmel had beaten for the title because I couldn't remember. And when I clicked on um, the title match off um, off cage match, it goes to um, something really stupid. And I'm just going to click on it. Yes, I've just done that. And it's something in it, Italy. <laughs> yes, it's the Italian Championship. Yes, Italian uh, Championship Wrestling. <laughs> women's title. So it's actually... <laughs> The wrong one. Uh, I'm we pretty need sure to, we be... need to call up Morton and Swigger uh, and get them changing it. I think, although don't quote me on this, that she beat Viper. I distinctly remember Viper winning the first women's title match last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was that that was the high? Uh, not that was for and loathing. Yeah. So she won the title, lost it to uh, Carmel. Uh, Carmel Jacob. So she's held it for a very long time. She's held it like all year. Yeah, and she is uh, currently the uh, champion. Yeah. Carmel. Carmel's quite good. Um, the and obviously Kaylee Ray's really good. Um, I'm shocked she's still there. Yeah, I th- I thought she was gone like <laughs> like about 15 months ago when she was in had the NXT. Uh, squash match with Nia Jax. I thought that well, was that, you know? Well, we thought and... she was gone before Nikki Storm went. And then Nikki Storm went and, and Kaylee Ray's still there. Which... It's odd. Like, th- this was that match last year, except Carmel in for Nikki Storm. Nikki Storm, yeah. I'm surprised Kaylee Ray is still there. Uh, Vipers was really good in that match last year. She's been good in stardom. Um... So yeah, I'm not. I don't know about Carmel. Like she's all right, but the other two are like really yeah, good. <laughs> really good. It, it, I think this is going to be a good match. I think um, uh, they're all they're all going to want to. I mean, on a la- good last show. year's fear and last year the fear and loathing women's championship match uh, was one of the best matches on that card. So I'd be surprised if it wasn't the same here. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be good. I think that one. Um, one of the highlights of the show. Um, I wish it was a singles match, though, because, you know, it's, it feels too much like last year with another triple yeah, threat. Yeah, same, same match. Enough of the triple threats, guys. Come on. Mm-mm. Like, we had the triple threat in Brixton, triple threat, uh, chapter 38. Um, like, no one likes triple threats. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've all been good matches, though, so... This is one of those things. Oh, and um, the women's match in Fight Club Pro that was a that was a triple threat is one of the best matches 
women's matches I've seen all year. Uh, the one with Kimberly, Nixon, Newell, and uh, Kaylee Ray. If you haven't seen that one, that's that's a really good match. I I need I'm a little bit behind on Fight Club Pro. I haven't seen any of the triple uh, weekend shows. Yeah, that that was on the, the first fiction shows. The first fiction show and the second yeah. show had uh, Nixon and uh, Kaylee Ray in uh, singles, and that was really good. Okay, I need to watch those shows because they do sound good. Uh, yes, of course. Um, I haven't seen Breaking Into Heaven, so I don't know if that's any good or not, but uh, it's Fight Club Pro, so chances are it is. And we're talking <laughs> Fight Club Pro again. <laughs> it's so good. Um, on to something that isn't good. Uh, Polo Promotions against Team 3D for the ICW tag titles. I don't Hey, know. on. Get the tables. Yay. No. That's that match. <laughs> like that was literally 17 years ago and uh, that's still a thing that's happening yeah yeah I don't care um Bubba is when motivated really good at his job mm. Devon is pretty much retired and I really don't care about Bolo promotions, so I don't know. This will be okay, I guess. The crowd will like it. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Joe Coffey. Could be really good. Uh, are we going to get the Kurt Angle eight-minute special where he just goes crazy and they do all their moves and it's a I good time? So. Yeah, that's yeah, the best that, Kurt Angle at this point. <laughs> those those sub-10-minute Kurt Angle matches have been really good. Like, all of them. The one with, with Sable was really good. The one he had with um, with Joe Hendry was really good in, in What Culture. Yeah, um, yeah. if they do that again here, I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, you know, 10 minutes or just under. Just do all your spots. Go home. Kurt gets a big reaction. Easy win. Is it going to go on last, do you think? I I feel like ICW value their title. I think the title will go on last, even if it's the lesser, at least in terms of star power, the lesser match. I worry that uh, if they put that on last, people are going to start to filter out during it. Well, it's in a cage as well, and people like cages, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, it's, an it's an Attitude Era thing, so... It's well, it's no it's far, far before that. Oh yeah, it's true. But like, you know, but uh, <laughs> edit, edit me, edit yeah, it all out. Cage, cage, uh, cage match. Yeah, I, like I'm, I'm aware. Feud ender in the like, 70s. Ro Ronnie Garvin won a <laughs> match to win his only NWA. I know things. Rugged I do Ronnie. know things. I'm not Hands a horrible millennial. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we got to talk about Ronnie Garvin. That's. Uh... A nice switch of pace. <laughs> um, uh, okay, semi-main event on this show is a match for the 100% control of ICW, and I didn't understand this, so I had to have it explained to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me just uh, go to the. So after Fear and Loathing last year, uh, Red Lightning, who's one of the was the the um, uh, general manager um, as a heel. Um, he uh, explained that while he was general manager, he'd seen documents suggesting that uh, 
that uh, Mark Dallas had basically um, uh, like mortgaged the company. I have now fallen asleep, by the way. <laughs> I have to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, people are going to go, what's this match? And it's... Right, so he'd mortgaged the company in order to run uh, like the big Glasgow show last year. And that when he was paying the, the stuff back, he missed a payment. Red Lightning uh, made the payment instead, which meant that he owned like half of the company. And that's where we are now, because both of them own half the company. This is for control of the company. This is Attitude Era. <laughs> it is a bit. It is a bit. Um... And I kind of got confused that Renfrew was on the babyface team. Uh, the babyface team is bizarre, to say the least. Uh, it is a very strange four. <laughs> <laughs> the heel team looks like what you'd expect the heel team to look like. It's Jack Jester, Kid Fight, Drew Galloway, and Bram. It's Bram? Four. Yeah. You didn't see him. He's back. <laughs> in Bramfall. I hate Bram. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like Bram at all. Um, so, so Chris Renfrew is on this team because Renfrew, Red DCT, Grado, and Shaw Samuels is a strange, strange team. I maybe that's the point, but yeah, <laughs> especially God, they've all clubbed together to defend the company. And if you remember when Renfrew went after Grado after last year's Fear and Loathing, it was because he was Which a TNA guy, and yeah. like he took offence at that, and he was all so about it is ICW in character for Renfrew to be like, yeah. I love ICW. Yeah, it does make sense. And well, even though he's a heel, he can align on Team ICW. I I like that. Yeah, I well, guess. Yeah. Good. Okay. I'm glad we got that <laughs> that sorted. Um, <laughs> but why is DCT there? <laughs> I would see that I don't know, so I can't really help. And Shaw Samuels was in the fifty-five last I saw him. Yes. <laughs> okay. This is what happens um, when two people who <laughs> only dip into ICW infrequently take an ICW show. <laughs> this, oh, I think we're doing fine up to the point when we you pointed out that we weren't. <laughs> um. <laughs> um so yeah, the, the the match makes sense. I'm glad it does, and whoever wins wins the control of the company. Presumably do you think they'll swerve and do? Cause... Yeah, do you think they'll swerve and do the heels winning? Or I think so. I think they'll do that because that I always feel find that the heels winning stuff is more interesting. Yeah, it keeps the story going. Plus, you you can have an entire year of like because this storyline's been going since last year. Like this has mm. taken them a year to get to this point, so they could do another year until they get it back. Yeah, and which that, would that be fine. Work, definitely, they they do do long term storyline uh, planning very well. Um. Uh. So there's only one match left on the card. It's the main event. Uh, ICW's world heavyweight title, which I'm not sure they have the credentials to call it a world title, but nonetheless. And it's a steel cage match. Uh, Wolfgang 
defending against our boy Trent Seven. <laughs> Main eventing the biggest Brit Rest show of the century. Yes. As he deserves. Well done, to Trent be. Seven. <laughs> uh, and Wolfgang is also here. <laughs> that was a bit of a Damon Moser kind of uh, dig. Wolfgang's not very good, though. I think um, that is going to be a very difficult match to deliver. It's a difficult spot to be in because yeah, the crowd's going to be gonna tired. Have his, have his work cut out for him in that one. Oh, I assume there'll be copious amounts of interference, though. So, presumably, because I mean, if they win control of the company, then surely, like, uh, yeah. Red's going to want his boy to win the title, and maybe that's how the everyone comes piling out in support of, of like Dallas yeah. and trying I, to I keep the title. Happening. You know, they lose the company, but they keep the title by having seven win, big baby face finish of the show. Mm-hmm. I, I think that'd that would be a good or... way to do it. Yeah, well, that, that's it worked fine last year with Grado winning, so I, I could see them doing that here. I, I would obviously be thrilled because it means all the titles are in the Midlands, <laughs> literally all of them. Yeah, depending what happens all to the progress title in a couple of weeks. Ah, well, that's, that's a lock. That's either that's either going to be Peter. Or, or Trent Seven <laughs> might even win that himself. <laughs> bring bringing all the belts back to the Midlands where they belong. Even the Watt culture belts in the Midlands because Joe Connors is in Nottingham. All the belts. <laughs> uh, oh, I need to plug something for because um, I got all my information uh, on this show because I don't follow. Uh, ICW from uh, my friend Tony, and Tony is there live, and he's going to be tweeting uh, on at T Wrestling Mag, uh, which is the Twitter of uh, the T Wrestling Mag. I've forgotten what it's called already. Total Wrestling. I, I said I'd mention it. I have mentioned it. There's his plug. Uh, follow them for, for updates on the evening if you're not going. If you're not one of the 6,000 people that is going. And do we have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nothing else this week, no. Not Fight Club Pro? <laughs> we'll <Ooh>. do that next <laughs> week. <laughs> it's coming. It's a bit of yeah. a hook to keep people listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the final bar is the draw. That's what people want to hear about. Um, so with that, uh, I think we're out. Um, we'll be back to talk about uh, like the the fallout from ICW show. Um, see how that turns out, and, and we'll all also the be talking stuff on progress. Progress, yeah. This big, big progress show that is on the twenty seventh. And oh, and Fight Club Pro uh, uh, running Infinity <laughs> on the 25th. So we, we do have Fight Club Pro to legitimately talk about next time. Uh, any plugs, sir? Uh, Twitter at another Ollie. Um, my review of Progress Chapter 38 is going up very soon. It'll probably be up by the time this drops. And my F4W Euro Notes coming out every week in the F4W newsletter. So go read it. It's fun.
Uh, my, my Twitter's at Arnold Furious, uh, as I'm sure you know. Um, I'd also like you to go and follow Ian, who's uh, at... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it BME underscore BME 87? Under, is there underscore, an underscore? Un, underscore 87. BME underscore 87. Because he's he's trying to get up to 300 followers. He's on 287. Yeah, and he's 13. How, how does he have that few followers? I don't know. He, He's a he's, tremendous Twitterer. He, he is a fantastic Twitter account. I I routinely uh, like retweet him and stuff, and I'm just clearly not getting through. So I'm going to publicly tell people <laughs> to go follow him because you really should. Ian, he's good people. And uh, with that, we're done, and we'll be back next time, and we'll see you then. See ya. Hurrah. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.